We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I'm your host today, Jared Timms, and I am joined alongside my co-host, my partner in crime, Nate Green. Nate, it's been a minute. It talk every day. How are you doing? Yeah, it's been a while since we've been back on, so good to be back. Good to, good to be here. Absolutely, guys. Sit back, relax, grab a beer. I don't know. Just kidding. Um, grab, grab a drink and enjoy a little bit of baseball talk here. Super excited to talk some I think we're just going to kind of go for a little baseball talk in general today. Um, nothing too crazy. I know, again, Angel's still struggling, um, and we will maybe talk about that a little bit. And, by the way, getting close to 4th of July here, just heard some fireworks go off, off mm-hmm. outside. So there could be that. There could be dogs barking. I don't know. We'll get it going, though. We're going to get it going here. So, um, as always, thank you all so much for listening to this podcast here at Talking Halos, again, making us the best podcast out there best angels podcast out there i really do believe it um again we're gonna stay a little more consistent here with this side of things i know life gets a little busy uh so w- yeah let's get this show going blue here. wire blue wire blue wire i wasn't gonna mention blue wire. actually i was gonna go pitching ninja pitching ninja pitching ninja today no i'm uh, just kidding not a sponsor though if you do want to sponsor it pitching ninja that'd be cool with me um <laughs> you know but uh but yeah you know let's go ahead and talk Talk a little bit of Angels baseball. Nate, I think if we were GMs, we'd be doing this a little bit different, though. I don't know. So there's two sides of this. I think it's. I think you and I would do it even a little different from each other, but keep going. Yes, no, but I think there's two. I think there are two sides of this. There is the dark way and the way we've been doing things, but keep going. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. But there is the does Perry have full control of this team is the first question. And how much of an influence is already actually have on this team right now? So let's go with the first one. Does Perry have full control of this team? Absolutely. Uh, if, if Perry didn't have full control of this team, Joe Madden would still be managing. I, I truly believe it because that is an arty guy already wanted to bring him back. He wanted to bring, especially like to do it before the uh, world series ceremony. Like that's terrible. Like it, he needed to be there for that. That's something that um, would have been special to have your manager 
who is a part of that team um, be, be there. So I think if, if Artie had some sort of control, no way Joe's gone. No. And I'm not saying Joe should be here or, or not. Like I, I, it doesn't matter to me either way, but that's just an easy way for me to say that Perry is in control. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree with you there. Uh, and, and the fact that Phil Nevin took over, presume, or assuming that Phil Nevin was more so of a Joe Madden hire rather than a No, that was a Perry, Perry hire. That was, was a Perry, Perry hire. hire? It was. Um, I, I truly believe that was a Perry hire. Um, Joe had his guys that he wanted to bring in. But he's the guy who brought in Penji Gill. He's ben, the guy. Who, yep. Like – the the type of guys that came in, Matt Wise, Benji Gill, those those are all Joe Madden guys because those are the guys he like had coached in the past or he coached with in the past. You know, Brian Butterfield, guys like that. Those are Joe Madden guys. Joe Madden had never had any conversation with Phil Nevin. Maybe once, you know, like obviously they've had conversations, but I don't think they there was any time where they'd been on the same staff together or the same team together. And I feel like that's a big theme with Joe Madden. He likes familiar people. And I think when you look at coaching in general, it's all about who you know, not necessarily what you know. And that's a big deal to Joe Madden about, like, who does he know? And I don't think Phil Nevin was top of that list for him. That's fair. That's fair. I agree with that. Um, I mean, that leads us into kind of an interesting conversation as well of who's the next manager going to be? I mean, because you think about it, and we just mentioned all right now, right? Uh, Joe Madden's guys are going to be gone, right? Yeah. So we assuming we I've got to assume that probably Wise goes this off season. Reed I, probably is probably gone. Reed goes, and not because they've done any type of job, whether it's good or bad, but only because Perry wants his own guys. Though Jeremy Reed could stay because he's done some good things. I, I I'd say you know. It's kind of like that um, Sean Wooten effect. I don't think anybody. I don't think anybody really knew that Sean Wooten was doing stuff, but Sean Wooten was actually like the guy behind Shohei Otani, the guy behind uh, Cole Calhoun swing changes, like little things like that. Sean Wooten was doing. I don't think he's with the organization anymore, but yeah, Sean, Sean Wooten was really, really big into it for a little while, which was which was really cool to see. And he was out in Arizona um, doing certain. Yeah, things. I I don't think that Perry is going to say. He'll hire his new manager and say, "Who do we want in? Who do we want in this room? Mm-hmm. Not who do I want in this room, and not oh, we got to keep this guy because he was already in the room." And the Angels seem to be pretty good with that, where they they don't force um, coaches on managers typically. Obviously, this year was a little bit different with the bench coach and and some other things, possibly a third base coach, but. Um, you know, you, you look at other teams and you, you see like Glenn Hoffman. Glenn Hoffman survived five, six, seven different managers in San Diego. Like that was one of the most impressive things. That yeah. typically doesn't happen in baseball. And that doesn't really happen in Anaheim either. So I would expect a full coaching staff makeover. Um, one or two guys might get carried over. But for the most part, I think you're going to get a big, big um, – shake up in the coaching staff yeah and I couldn't even imagine who it might be I mean you can look at somebody who was maybe a bench coach in Milwaukee whoever that is um, under Craig Council because I know they've done some pretty good things the Angels have brought in a lot of guys from Milwaukee you can go ahead and look at um, a possible bench coach third base coach in 
um, in St. Louis or Atlanta as well. Yes. Or a yeah. triple A coach or something like that. Yeah. You, you mentioned Atlanta and a lot of people are going to ask, will the angels hire a veteran manager? Because Ron Washington's name will be mentioned a lot. If you mention Atlanta mm-hmm. and a veteran manager. And I, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to that. He would be, I, I think he does a really good job if he can you and know, you, control. You've kind, of, you've kind of just sold it for me there as well, because Ron Washington is the man behind Marcus Simeon in Oakland. And I am He's the in, man in behind sense. every good infield. I, and that's what, and that's what the Aussie, Angels, the Angels Dansby, yeah. all the, all the good infielders. It's all, it's all Ron. It's, you know, Freddie Freeman. It's Austin Riley. It's Dansby Swanson. It's defensive. Marcus, wise, by the way. Yeah. It's Marcus Simeon. Well, and I, his team score runs. Like he's been third base coach. He's been bench coach. He he's been first base coach. His team score runs. Yep. Even the Rangers when he was the manager, those teams mashed. Can you like, imagine? Can all, you imagine? All his teams do is play really good defense and mash. Can you imagine? Like, can you can you imagine like what was it? Probably like twelve year old us, thirteen year old us, uh, thinking like, oh, in ten. 12, 14 years, Ron Washington's going to be the manager of the Angels, knowing that he is absolutely whooping the Angels' butts every time he comes into town as a Texas Ranger. Maybe that wasn't 10 years. Maybe it was probably about 10 years ago now uh, when he was the manager in, in Texas. But that's a, that's really that's really weird to think that, you know, yeah. like, but I'm – I don't think that's I'm, the answer. I mean, I don't I'd love so. that to be the answer. I, I think it's going to be more of a, a new school thinking rather than old school. Not that Ron Washington doesn't – think a little bit new school, but I think it's going to be more of a, a, a fresh face, somebody who hasn't managed before. And you know who, well, I, I, you know who I've always, I want really bad, who I don't think got a fair shake. Um, I can't remember his name right now. I can see his face. Who's down in, who was down in uh, San Diego? Just got fired. He's right before this. I can't remember what his name is. You can see his face though, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, there's Andy Green. Andy Green's uh, who I'm thinking of. I can't believe I forgot his name. I love Andy Green. I thought Andy Green at one point was one of the best managers in baseball that didn't get the love. Like, I feel like San Diego just produces good managers. Dave Roberts, by the way. Look Mike Schilt could uh, be yeah, an Mike interesting Schilt. guy as well. Who He said he'd be willing to get back into the uh, managing game. So there, there's going to be a lot of interesting pieces, a lot of interesting managers. And we didn't even talk about who I'm sure all Angel fans would love to see as the next manager. I Darren don't think – uh, that's exactly who I was going to. Uh, thank you for that. I don't think he will be the answer, but I would love to see him. I mean, w- when you got to hear him talk during the during the uh, 2002 game, like the the um, celebration of the World Series championship, he is just having a great time being with his family. So that's going to be a really really tough sell to be like, hey, now you're going to have to come manage the Angels, and it's going to be every day. You're going to be on the road all the time, like. That's going to be a tough sell for him, but if you can sell him on it, he would be a great manager. Everybody has their price. I'm going to let you know. Everybody will have their price. I know. I get it. I get it. You know, like I mean, he straight up family. said, I don't have I to work ever again. Oh, he I said that on the telecast. He goes, Understandable. I never have to work again if I don't want to. Understandable, but everybody has a price. I'm letting you know. Like, that's just like, like you can say that too. Like you can say, oh, I'm not never going to work again. But like, if the Angels came and offered you ten million dollars a year to work, you'd be like, well, you know, like maybe I'll think about it. You know, like I have a chance to turn this thing around. I won a World Series there. Like, I am, I, w- I am the face 
of the angels, basically. I mean, in a sense, you it's know, Terriers. Yeah, Sam. I mean, somebody, somebody from that 2002 team is the face of the Angels. Like, yes. minus Mike Trout, of course. I mean, you guys probably yeah, Mike Trout. But like 2002 team, it's face of the Angels. You bring Erstad back. It's kind of like that Joe Madden. Like, it's a big reunion. Everybody loves you um, until things happen. Um, but <laughs> of course, we won't happen. go there because uh, you, you never know. But yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. One, we got, one we got other guy to talk about. I just wanted to bring up, just because Jared and I were talking about it off the record. Again, don't think he will get the job, but I just have to shout out Reggie Willits for the job he has done this year. Reggie Willits um, played with the Angels for a little bit, then was a first base coach for the Yankees. Last minute, maybe maybe a, a month or two before the season, decided that it was best for him and his family to move back to Oklahoma where he grew up and where he went to school and be a volunteer coach there. And he is two wins away from a college World Series. So, just wanted to shout him out. I don't think he would get the job, but just interesting that he has been high up in in the pros in college. He's been a head coach in high school. He's he's done it all. So it, it'd be really cool just to see him get an opportunity somewhere, whether it's in college or in the pros. So had to yeah. shout him out. Yeah, I know, hundred percent. And like I said, it's going to be somebody like you, you're going to have to look around and look at a bench coach somewhere that Perry or somewhere that they've taken guys from. You know, whether that's st louis or whether that's uh, milwaukee or something along the lines of that so um it'll be very very interesting to see so uh let's go ahead and jump on to you know like i said i, I don't know i don't really want to talk angels baseball and i apologize for the dog in the background like i said fireworks um is what it is but um but let's talk a little bit of draft we talked about it a little bit today uh i I've been digging in a little bit deeper here. I love the draft. I think you do too. We both kind of differ in a sense. I don't think we're really going to, well, we can discuss a little bit of angels draft action, but I also want to discuss kind of like these top picks as well, because I think it's going to be really, really interesting what happens here. Um, I think there's a consensus. Number one, I don't think he's the best player, but I do think there's a consensus number one and we can just kind of go a little, you know, not team by team, but I guess player by player. And we can start with uh, Drew Jones. You know, that guy, he's going to be an absolute, he's going to be a stud. I do worry about the hitting. Let's just, I'm just going to throw that out there right now, but everything else makeup, you know, he's, he was, he was, he lived in a clubhouse for his entire life, you know? So there is that, there is something to be said about that. And I worry he's about the safest you know. pick. He's safe. He, he is. is the safest pick. He will be, a, he will be a major leaguer, which I know is Jared's favorite quote. He's a major leaguer, whatever. Major leaguer. Um, he will be an excellent defender. He'll be able to defend wherever you put him. If you put him at shortstop, he's going to play center field. But he can play shortstop. He can play all three pitch. outfield spots. Um, he's not going to, but he can pitch. Yes. So <laughs> he's the safest pick. I, I think he goes 1-1 just because he's safe. Um, if you want to venture out and, and go high risk, high reward, you know, there's, there's a couple other options. But – I think Drew Jones is the safest pick in this draft. Absolutely, absolutely. And the way that I order this off right now is going to be the way that, like, I'm I have them ranked. So my number two guy is is actually Jackson Holiday. If you recognize the last name, yep, that's Matt Holiday's son. So you go Andrew Jones's son, and then you go Matt Holiday's son. Super cool, super interesting. I think uh, Jackson Holiday has a chance to be uh, Bobby Witt like, to be honest. Yes. So I don't know if you feel that, but I I definitely feel that. Like he is. He he is pretty safe of a pick too, in a sense. I know we're talk we're going to talk a lot of high school guys here, a lot of prep kids, but uh, man, dude, Jackson Holiday is 
he's going to be something else too. I don't know if you have anything. I was just going to say, of course, he's committed to Oklahoma State. That's going to be, you know, you're going to have to take him early. Um, he is going to have somebody in his ear saying, go play for your uncle and go play for your for your father. So, yeah, I was going to say, uh, they're in that Oklahoma State, right? Yeah. They both are, yes. Matt is the assistant to his brother at Oklahoma State. Yeah. Obviously, if you're a top five pick, you're a top ten pick, you're probably going to the MLB or you're going to play minor league baseball, but he could easily be like – I want to go I'm win. I'm not signing. I want to go win one. I'm not, I'm not signing. I'm, got, and he easily, yeah, he does. He has a lot of leverage, so he could be the the guy who makes the most money in this draft. And he could, and he could go number one overall too. By the way, like I think, like he, yep. like we said, there's a consensus number one because it's Drew Jones and it's a safe pick. But you could, in a sense, go under slot with Jackson Holiday. And I say I use under slot. Nicely, I, say, because I, think I don't think he goes under dollars or seven million dollars. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think he's got too guys. much leverage to go under slot, honestly. But yeah, yeah, he he's gonna be he'll be a very good player. Yep, yep. And by the way, I kind of did screw up here a little bit. My number one guy is this next guy here, Tremar. I know, I knew that, but I I didn't want to say anything. No, nah, you're good. You're good. My number my number one guy is, is Tremar Johnson. I absolutely love the guy. I know. You worry about that? Oh, he's a second baseman, but he doesn't play. He doesn't play a premier position. position. That's he fine. Doesn't, and he and up, even he second base, middle, though he plays it, up the middle. He's a very average defender at second base. It's not, not like he's, he's a, not Jacob Barry. Is that fair to say that? That's fair. Okay, he's not going to stick a shortstop. I know everybody's going to be like, "Oh, you can play shortstop." He's no, not he can't play shortstop. He, be, yeah. he can't play shortstop. He won't be a he shortstop. Plays, but he's going to hit. He can play second base, but he's he's going to be like – I compare him – no, I'm not even going to do that to him. But he'll be a very average defender and plus bat guy. Yeah. I'm going to – I know you like to compare him. I don't know if you're going to say this, Dan Ugla, but he's going to be better than Dan Ugla. Like, well, I was going to – he's a better hitter than Dan Ugla, but offense – like from a defensive and offensive combo, that's kind of – Robinson Cano is probably probably the closest thing, honestly. I was gonna, I was going to say uh, um, third baseman um, uh, Jose Ramirez type of guy. I, I don't know Jose how good he is defensively, you know. I, I feel like Jose is is a lot better defensively, but yeah. it, it's close. I think Robbie Cano is probably the closest comp you're going to have to him. Where like Cano is super smooth, but he's not the best defender. He just makes it look easy. Silky. Uh, yeah, so I think that's probably going to be your closest comp to him. Absolutely. So um, let's get on to the, our fourth guy here again. Don't want to dive too deep into into this because I know Maybe we'll probably a couple I'll, more. Yeah, I'll probably honestly we're probably going to have some Taylor Blake. to probably have TB Dub come on talk oh, yeah. a little talk a little uh, baseball with us because we love the draft. But um, but Elijah Green, man, this guy. Uh, can we call him Joe Adele? You can. Um, <laughs> it's Joe Adele. Like, don't okay, and don't quote us on Joe Adele because. He is we, Joe Adele, but like we haven't. And we're not even saying we don't Joe like Adele. Joe Adele. No. Like this, this is not a knock on Joe Adele at all. This is just a high strikeout guy with a lot of power potential, and it's it's a very high risk, high reward type pick. If he hits, Adele was. Well, yeah, exactly. It, it's a he's a very athletic outfielder, and if he hits and hits two eighty, you're going to be absolutely stoked because this guy's going to hit thirty bombs a year. Yep. So yeah, I think that's. That's a high risk, high reward pick. I think you're going to be looking at a team who, who needs 
a spark to take him. Probably not someone looking to be safe. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, let's get on to our fifth guy, number five guy. I think this is where it starts getting a little iffy. I think you can put a number, any number five guy you want in here and you'd be like, oh, that makes sense. Oh, that makes sense. So um, my number five guy is Kevin Parada. I love the kid out in the, out of Georgia, Georgia Tech. Loved him in the, uh, the draft in 20, uh, 2020, I think is what it would have been. 2020, 2019, 2018, maybe. 2018. 2019. Four years ago, 2019. I would say 2019, 2019 probably. Um, loved him then. He could have been a first rounder. I, I just wanted to go to school, I think, and he's going to benefit from that, make a couple extra million dollars here this year. Uh, just just an unbelievable peer hitter, very good defender. Um, if they go to the strike zone change, he sticks as a catcher because he can probably work on the pitch framing a little bit more. He can hit already, um, and he's got an absolute cannon. So, like, and he, he's a very he good blocker sense. as well. Yeah, he makes sense for them. And he went to catcher U, which is Georgia Tech. You look at most of the really good catchers in the last five, seven, ten years have come out of Georgia Tech. So name name more than just Joey Bartha. Who else you got coming out of there? Besides this kid, um, I I I was thinking like I thought the same thing. I was like, there had to have been. There's there's another guy who was taken recently from Georgia Tech, but it's not. He hasn't made it to the league yet. Yep, absolutely. So um, when it comes to Angels, we got a couple more minutes here. I, I would, I'd like to kind of discuss the Angels. I got thirteenth over thirteenth pick this year. Mm-hmm. Um, again, like if you guys are still watching, listen to this. Uh, Prospects Live does a draft. Um, they have somebody that's me um, pick for the Angels. That's going to happen on Tuesday the twenty eighth. I'll promote it on on Twitter and all that fun stuff. But it's an absolute blast. Love doing it with Prospects Live. Go follow them if you don't already. Um, but I'll say this right now without giving away too much. I don't know if anybody uh, ahead of me is going to be listening. Um, there are some guys that I already have in mind that I think will actually fall to the Angels um, or will be there for the Angels. Number one, starting with Dylan Lesko, um, probably the best high school pitcher in this draft. I think he, I think he's, in my opinion, the best high school pitcher before Tommy John. And you guys are going to be like, uh, Jared, another guy who's injured. Every single pitcher that I'm going to pick is probably going to be injured, to be honest. Um, that starting with Dylan Lesko, one of the best high school pitchers in this draft. Um, very similar to a guy like Jackson Job, who the Angels were in on last year as well. So Lesko might be that might be that guy that fits in this um, in this spot. Of course, there was a lot of a uh, lot of talk about uh, Landon Sims, the Mississippi State kid. I know you worry about reliever risk there. Um, think, and again, yeah, we'll get into these guys. A I think lot he's more a break. second. I think he goes second round just because of the TJ and all and everything and the reliever risk is a little bit higher with him. I think he ends up going second round. Yep. Um, another guy again here, I'm sorry, I have some notes here. Um, Connor Prelip, uh, like him again, there's that reliever risk there as well. Lefty, another guy who has Tommy John um, weird that I'm naming all these guys off, but you gotta, you gotta kind of maybe take that approach this year and kind of see if you can get somebody under the radar like this. If, if less goes there, it wouldn't surprise me uh, by any means if the angels went that way. And um, last but not least, for me at least, I, I like him. If you're going to go a catching route, um, Logan – I, I was going to say Logan Thomas. That's not who it is. It's not the um, – it is not – that's not exactly who I was thinking of. Oh, I got to find it. Logan Tanner, Logan Thomas, the tight end. Uh, Logan Tanner, um, I really like the kid a lot. Going to be a good hitter. Um, kind of fits that mold of uh, if they get rid of the strike zone type of thing. You know, he's a good um, – good – not a great pitch framer, but can do a job. Good caller, good game caller, good leader, can hit. So I know the Angels haven't had a lot of luck with the catching spot, though Taylor Ward hasn't been too bad this year as a first-rounder that they took as a catcher. So 
Yeah, but they don't draft catchers that stick at catcher. So that's going to be the one issue with Susak as well as he's huge. 6'4", 205, that's going to be – that's going to be something where people are going to be like, oh, is he going to stick a catcher? Is he going to move? Hopefully. Um, but he he's pretty good behind the dish. Not elite, but he's he's going to be fine. So there's, there's a bunch of catchers in this. There's a bunch of young pitching and a bunch of injured pitching. So you're going to see a lot of position players, I think, in this draft, at least in the first round. Second round, you're going to see a lot more of the, uh, the injured um, injured guys go and more college arms go in the second or third round as well, I think. Absolutely. And there there have been some unbelievable guys in the College World Series who have been outstanding, and some of those guys are going to be day, day two picks, you know, second, third, fourth, fifth rounders. And I feel like this this draft is very deep. There's going to be a lot of room for the Angels to to help their farm system get better. So really looking forward to this draft. Absolutely. And go ahead and finish this sentence for me here. Actually, no, it won't work. I was just going to say, cause I'm going to release, we're going to release this on Monday and we're doing this on Saturday. So um, I was going to ask, I was going to tell you to finish this sentence. Congratulations to the 2022 college world series champion. Ole Miss rebels. All right. I like it. I, I said, I'm cool with it either way. doesn't bother me. There aren't any, aren't any teams that really matter to me. I just like watching baseball, so um, I'll agree with you on that one. So, Nate, you got any final thoughts before we let everybody go? Go watch minor league baseball. Go watch the Angels farm system. That's my thought. Go watch the Angels farm system. The Rock City Trash Pandas are like 15 games above 500. Go watch them. They're a fun team. Hopefully the Angels get back to 500 sometime. <laughs> ah, dude, they got an easy stretch down the road. They're going to fight. They're going to – we, we will talk about this in a couple days or something like that. The angels are going to be, the angels are going to like win a couple games, rattle off a couple games and it's going to get everybody excited. You know how the angels are and right around July. And it's going to be like, well, what do the angels go get? You know, we need to go, do you go get a, uh, they'll stand pat or they'll get like uh, a backup utility infielder and it'll be like, Oh, we, we got better. And they'll end up outside the playoffs by like five, seven games. Yeah, we'll look back. We'll look back at it in September and be like, ah, I wish you would have traded everybody on those one-year contracts. But um, for for a future conversation, for sure. So, guys, as always, thank you all so much for listening to this con- listening to this podcast here, talking Halos, and watching us on YouTube. If you could subscribe where you are, wherever you are listening and watching, um, you can go ahead and follow us on all our social medias. I promise we will be more active on there. Um, shout out to somebody i'm not going to say who it is yet uh, we'll get him on the show he's gonna be running some social media for us absolutely love him for it um so guys as always you can follow myself on twitter jared underscore tim you can follow nate at nate 34 and guys thank you so much for listening and have a great rest of your day Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. 
Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.